Grace and peace to you from him who was and who is and who is to come, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In a few moments when we see the pictures roll by and we see the names of the people who have gone on into heaven before us, it's always such a frog in your throat. It always reminds us of our own mortality, at least it does for me. And then we get to sing for all the saints and morning cry. And in the morning service, we sang, behold, a host arrayed in white. And I'm transported to someplace else, not to my office, not to my phone, not to a list of tasks and things that I have to do. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of lifted out of this moment and all the urgency of that moment into something bigger and something grander. And I think that's huge. We get so bogged down and chained into the mundane. All the stuff we gotta do. I gotta do this and I gotta do that. And if I don't do this and I don't do that, then all of a sudden people be mad and this out work and blah, 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 blah. Matter of fact, when it's quiet, and we have a quiet moment, many of us default to that. What I got to do, what I got to buy, what I want, where I got to go. There's really not a lot of time to meditate and think about heaven until you have to. Then we think about It's not a present thought. You say, well, today could be the day, but when you're with somebody and that day could be their day, then then we think about it and talk about it. Then all the stuff of life seems to find its true importance and, and, and the things of tasks and the things of dollars and the things of work kind of wash away as we think of eternity. I'm reminded of the words of a country song. It says everybody wants to get to heaven, but nobody wants to die. But death is the portal of eternal life. And it's through death in the grave that Jesus came, and it's through death in the grave that we go, and then Christ takes us to to heaven, and, and that's the end. The end is not peace at 68 years old and retirement and nest egg and house paid for and all that stuff. The lamb at the center of the throne in heaven. That's the payoff for the Christian. That's what matters. That's what's real. And death, which we're reminded of today, isn't the end. It's the portal. It's it's the shadowy valley. It's what you go through to get to be with Jesus. And with the crazy pace of life that so many of us keep, we we don't get to meditate and reflect on that very much at all. I thought about the the contrast between a mighty fortress that we sang last week and all the stuff of reformation and get up and get after it and all that stuff. We're going to punch the devil in the face and he holds the field forever and all that stuff. And, And you know what? In the 1500s or the 1400s when Luther was around, life must have been, you must have thought about heaven all the time. Because people died really young. Luther had friends who died from the plague. If you got through infant mortality, 
and you made it and you weren't conscripted by the duke or archduke or prince's army and killed in the crusades, maybe you lived to the blustery old age of 46 or 47. And even then, your life wasn't like our lives. We talk about putting to the hand of the plow, and that's a figurative expression of speech. And subsistence farming is something in sub-Saharan Africa, certainly not something in the United States of America. Now, we don't think about heaven and death and hell very much at all. But we do fill our days with so many tasks and appointments and stuff. And we just kind of go, go, go until we're just about done, done, done. And the culture doesn't do much to feed us with that. The, 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 the culture is so enlightened and so rational that people say, well, heaven this, heaven that, eternity this, eternity that, whatever. Very few of us, if any, say For this 15 minutes this week, I'm going to meditate on heaven and my faith and what's real. All that stuff seems so far away. All of those things seem so kind of out there like Disneyland and Magic Kingdom stuff. And maybe when we die, there's going to be a fog machine and Jesus comes out and it just becomes kind of crazy until you're there until you're in that moment where mom or dad or grandma and grandpa or maybe you yourself or someone you love is going through the valley of the shadow and then it's just all too real For a number of families this morning, death made an appointment over the last year that it kept. And there's sadness in that. And it's okay to be sad. Matter of fact, I think it's good to be sad and good to cry and good to let those emotions go. It's the manner in which God prescribed for us to be able to grieve. Sometimes I get upset or uptight when I sit with the family and they're not sad. They say, this is great. I said, what, that grandpa died? We just went to have a celebration of life and we remember all the good things. But he's gone. And that's sad. And it's okay to grieve and be sad. Because if we don't go through that grieving peace, it's got a way of grinding on us and It's okay to sit on a morning and have a tear in your eye, some dryness in your throat, and think about things that are forever instead of just the things that are here and now. I wonder what it was like for the Apostle John when the angel grabbed him and said, have I got something to show you? You are going to freak out. This is going to be absolutely phenomenal. And I picture John going into the revelation as, as a door opening, and then he went in, and the whole reality changed. Kind of like the Wizard of Oz when Dorothy goes into Oz, and it goes from grayscales into this beautiful color. And the sound and the people and the events and... And the reality that there's something bigger than just me and you and this. 
put John on his heels a little bit. And yet in our scripture reading, I love that interplay that they have, especially at the end of the text that Arlene read. Verse 13, you may want to turn and think a little bit about. Then one of the elders asked me, these in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I answered, sir, you know. And he said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. You notice where the lamb is at? Where's the lamb? He's at the center. He's in the center on the throne. And all of the stuff that's going on is going on around the lamb. He's the one who earned that center seat. He's the one who is in the middle of all things. Paul writes in the book of Ephesians 4, in him and through him are all things. Our salvation is in him. He is at the center of life and he is at the center of death. Salvation belongs to our God and to the lamb. And the lamb sits at the center of the throne. And all of life revolves around the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That seat and that salvation belong to Jesus because he earned it. He purchased that salvation. And who better to own salvation? Who better to sit in the middle of all things than the one who loves you so much that he would die for you? That he would go through the valley of the shadow of death. That he would go through the portal of life and death. And then deliver to you and me forgiveness, life, and salvation. The lamb at the center of the throne who died for you and me delivers salvation to those whose pictures will be on this screen. To all who we remember this morning and and, 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 and the video that runs in here that salvation belongs to them because of what the lamb did. When he suffered and died and walked through the valley of the shadow, he promised to walk with all of those through that point in their lives and to deliver to them peace and hope and confidence. We do not grieve as people who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. So we believe that God will take with him all those who have died in the faith. One of my favorite country music artists is Tim McGraw. And I like Tim McGraw and I like Faith Hill. And uh, I could listen to Tim McGraw and Pandora all day, every day. I just enjoy his songs. They're earthy. And Tim McGraw has been through some stuff in his life. So his, his music, as he gets a little older, is, doesn't just reflect let's go dancing and hang out and be with girls and all that stuff. There's a little bit more to it because as you get a little older, your boat sits in the water a little more deeply. And that's just the way, the way it is. 
So one of his songs, he talks about a, a, a guy having a conversation with another guy, and the guy found out that he had cancer. And he's, Tim McGraw, the, the, the other man, says to the man who has cancer, he says, then what'd you do? And, and the idea is then he just kind of quit living. He went and sat in the hospital and all of that stuff. And the guy kind of shakes his head and he says, oh, no, no, no. He said, I went skydiving. I went Rocky Mountain hiking. I spent 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. And I loved deeper and I sang sweeter. And I gave forgiveness. I've been denied. That's just what it's like to live like you were dying. I'm dying. And I know that. I know that every time I bend over, my back hurts. I know that every time I get on the scale and kind of figure that out, every time I take a blood pressure pill, I kind of got that figured out. That one day there's going to be a day where I'm not here. And that's okay. What is it like to live like you're dying? Well, for a pagan, it's kind of like a wind-up toy. Then when you're out of energy, you're out of energy, and you just kind of go in the grave and you're done. But for a Christian, there's more to it. Because salvation belongs to our God, and because the Lamb is at the center of life, because the Lamb sits at the center of the throne, there's an otherworldly confidence that comes in living for Jesus and knowing that no matter what, nothing will ever shake us away from Him. You can't take him off the cross. You can't put him back in the tomb. He died and rose again and brings salvation to you and me. And the confidence that comes in that, and the strength that comes in that, and the fearlessness that comes in that. I may not go skydiving, and I might not go Rocky Mountain climbing, and I'm definitely not getting on a bull named Fu Manchu. But I'll love deeper. And I'll sing sweeter. And I'll give forgiveness I've been denying. Because that's what it's like to live in the confidence of faith in Jesus Christ. The Lamb is at the center, and the Lamb sits on the throne. He's not abdicating that throne or giving up that center seat anytime soon. So the richness of faith that you have as you remember your lost loved ones, that emboldens us for life. And the joy that we have, even though at moments subdued, is that which makes life worth living until the Lord leads us through the valley of the shadow. And the door opens and the portal is there. And like John and those who've gone before us, we get to see the Lord face to face. Would you please join me for a word of prayer? Lord, the list of names in the videos just reminded the frailty of human flesh and blood. I pray this morning for those people who grieve and hurt for those who they've lost. Moms and dads, sons and daughters, 
husbands and wives. We pray that your peace would rest upon them and that you would keep them strong in you. Thank you for our church, for an opportunity to be on the journey of life together and to pass through the valley of the shadow together to be able to encourage and support and lift one another up with great confidence. Bless us as your children and keep us strong in you until that day where hope is realized and that reuniting, Lord, will be so grand and we get to see you in life as it really is and how it really works. Thanks for this morning, for an opportunity to be together. We pray that you would grant us unity of the spirit and the bond of peace.